Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. And once again, thoughts and prayers to all of our friends in Hawaii. We're thinking about you and... uh, Listen, uh, I, I, I cannot tell you how much uh, you've, you've been in our thoughts and our prayers. So we're very blessed to be on the air in Hawaii. And, uh, you know, let's uh, talk some sports right now. Let's bring in Adrian Hernandez, Brandon Deutsch, Grant Mona, Grant Money Mona on in the first segment. Happy to have him. Because we are beginning with Grant, uh, by the way, all the, the entire Baller Sports Dialogue crew is here. So that's always fun. It's iconic. Right? Uh, just the drip that that show has uh, <laughs> is, is incredible. Oh, good lord! Wait a minute. No chain show. And the analysis. And the analysis. Yeah, that's right. No, no, no chain today. I didn't wear the turtleneck. It's okay. We'll save that. <laughs> you you didn't want to do it to him. That's all. You didn't want that's to do right. it to him on the no, on no, the no, Tuesday. No, no. I see you. All right. I see it's you. too early in the week. Save the drip for the week. <laughs> Um, well, just because we have these two on, I, I kind of do want to begin with the Dodgers. The Dodgers, as you guys know, continue to roll. However, big series upcoming uh, with them. Uh, but just generally speaking, you know, can they beat Atlanta? You know, as we look forward, you know, I'm having flashbacks to a couple of years ago when they got to the championship series and lost once again, despite the fact that now the Dodgers have Freddie Freeman. Great. I mean, not to, not to look too far ahead, but, you know, like as you look at this, it looks like they're pretty well secure of the division. Um Looking at those two teams, the Dodgers and the Braves, can they, do you believe, and by the way, a, lo- a, lo- a lot of questions with Walker Buehler perhaps coming back and we didn't in the season. Can the Dodgers maybe just maybe find a way to get back to the World Series this season? Yeah, it seems like, you know, in one of the years that you don't see them getting to the World Series, they end up, you know, overperforming and getting to the spot they are now. Yes, they can. That's the thing about it. Yes, they can get to the World Series this year. Uh, will it be as easy as years past or in, in theory as easy as years past? No, absolutely not. Um, the Braves are a very formidable team. I mean, Matt Olson for the Braves has otherworldly stats. I mean, he has 42 home runs and 107 RBIs, and it's middle of the of August. I mean, this is unbelievable what he's been doing to go along with Ronald Acuna, who is still the top MVP candidate, although Freddie Freeman is knocking on the door of that, and Matt Olson probably is as well. Um, but you have these group of guys on the Braves that it's not going to be easy for any pitching staff, let alone the Dodgers one, even if you get Walker Buehler back um, to get back to the World Series. They're going to have to probably play Atlanta at some point. It's not going to be in the, in the first round in the division series if everything lines up like it is now but uh you know that matchup you know they're going to play here very soon so that's going to be kind of a, a good test a litmus test of of where the dodgers are at yes you're getting walker bueller back at some point i think they should hold off a little bit longer people were saying early september i think they should hold off maybe mid-september just kind of coast him into it i don't think he's going to have the same workload that he had in, in his previous years so that's also a, a plus because you get to use him either in long relief or as a back-end starter um you're getting blake trinan back you know jd martinez has been up and down on the il we don't know what his status is but by 
all accounts, all of the new additions have been excellent. I mean, Kike Hernandez has an over 300 batting average. Uh, Lance Lynn has looked excellent as that starter that they got. Joe Kelly did go on the IL with elbow inflammation, which is a big concern. But, you know, at this point, the bullpen is actually rolling on all cylinders, firing on all cylinders. So the Dodgers do have what it takes. They're rolling right now. But like I've said in shows before, it's not just about what you do now. It's about how you continue to do that and go into September and keep building that momentum going into the playoffs because look they do have a world series team now i think we can all get over that like this isn't a rebuild year a retool year they have what it takes i think for them it's just continuing the momentum that they have and i also i wanted to bring this up too because it kind of seems like the braves are similar to the dodgers last year in the year previous right like this juggernaut that perhaps the bats go cold Do they go cold? They haven't all year. And we saw that with the Dodgers last season, right? They hadn't all year. They got cold when it mattered most, right? Like, could this be a similar situation with the Braves? That's why playoff baseball is so different. Because if you come in at the right time, like if the Cubs even get super hot at the right time, they could beat the Braves. You don't know. They just took a series against them. You know, like, that's what I love about baseball. Like, in the American League, if Seattle keeps winning, they could beat the Astros in the first round. They almost did it last year. They choked, right? But... There's so much, so many things that can happen. I think the Dodgers not being the top dog for once in the National League helps them. It helps them mentally, and I feel like perhaps they could get there this season. Still have a lot. I'm still a little skeptical about Gonsolin, you know, a couple of their starters. The only guys I could rely on right now are Kershaw and Bueller when he gets back, right? Like Urias, is, he was fine a few days ago, but, like, I don't trust that guy. He's like a 5 ERA this year, you know? Oh, he pitched so good last time, though, man. Like 11 Ks, man. Yeah, against, against, against a triple A team. Well, okay. listen, though, there's this notion that, oh, well, the Dodgers are playing bad teams right now, but good teams beat bad teams. Contending yeah. teams in these dog days of August and in the summer, you have to beat these teams that are in front of you. What do you want them to lose to the A's? You want them to lose to all these? No, they're beating them in good fashion as a contender should. So, uh, you know, I understand your notion that they're not playing, you know, great teams, but at least they're performing up to standard. That's that's all I got to say. They take care of business. There's a lot of teams yeah. that don't take care of business yeah. when they play like bottom feet teams you know so it's good for the dogs we're not going to mention any names we're not going to mention yeah, any yeah, yeah. <laughs> teams that struggle against bottom feeder teams when they need victories desperately yeah well yeah. grant because we have you on uh we do have to talk about this as well the whole james harden saga reached uh, new levels of intrigue on monday when uh, james harden by the way speaking to a group of children in china so this was not some kind of a press conference <laughs> i think i i think these kids thought that they were gonna learn how to play basketball and then I don't know who gave him the advice. I don't know whether he came up with this idea himself to choose that moment where he's out there, um, I'm assuming, trying to promote um, his brand. Adidas and everything. Adidas. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he was uh, talking to a group of children in China. And uh, this was his quote. Quote, Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. Let me say that again. Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. 
really went scorched earth there. Uh, I think obviously uh, he was under the assumption that if he um, if he um, opted into the contract, that the 76ers would help him get traded. What we found out and what Grant uh, had predicted is, I mean, I don't know what the trade market looks like for a James Harden at this point. Like, I, I don't think there's a line of teams out there who want to participate in that. And certainly the Clippers are a team that a lot of value for James Harden. I think that they will gladly take him. I think that they have a package in mind that they would trade him for. Uh, but what I think General Morty has figured out is like, I, I do believe he lied. Or I, I do believe that he's gone back on his word because I, I do believe this is what happened. He said, James, yeah, listen, if you opt in, we'll trade you. And he's looked at this trade market and said, well, I'm not, that, that package isn't going to help us. I'm not going to do that. Grant, your thoughts on how this is all playing out. Uh, wow. Where do I, how much time do we have? I mean, this is, <laughs> this is unbelievable. I don't think I've ever heard a player, not even the agent, not even, you know, a representative, a player himself go out and say something like that about a GM. I don't think, I mean, you guys know sports scene. You've followed it for a long time. I don't think we've heard this ever. And for a guy that has is notorious for switching teams, I mean, this isn't the first time that James Harden has wanted to switch teams in the middle of a season or in the summer. Uh, so f- for me, uh, you know, from the Clippers' perspective, I'm saying, wow, this is great. Just get your popcorn, sit back, and watch this because – the Clippers were adamant about not trading Terrence Mann. They were adamant about not trading some of their core pieces. And the Sixers, you know, Daryl Morey has, has been on radio saying this himself, is that if we're not, if this trade doesn't help us win a title or get us a team that can win a title, I'm not going to do it. So you have 3% oh, running out. You, lost, James, oh, sorry. Yeah. you have James Harden wanting out fully. You want him out of there. And then you want Daryl Morey, who wants a title team. And then you want the Clippers, who want the best package possible, you know, to trade back. So you have three perspectives on the outside going in, and none of them fit. None of these puzzle pieces fit. So I, I've always said that I don't. I never thought this deal would get done. I mean, it would benefit the Clippers. I mean, obviously, hiding James Harden to any team is great. Uh, but, you know, I don't think it benefits the Sixers if you trade them in, into that team. I mean, if you trade that package of... You know, Marcus Morris, Norm Powell. Like, is that going to get the Sixers into contention? Probably not, but it makes them a better team, I think. It gives them depth. But for the Clippers, it's just a wait and see, honestly. It's just wait and see and, at this point. And I think it's important to bring up, and I mentioned this in the chat a few years ago, Maury got in trouble, you know, because James Harden was in China talking to kids, and, you know, they love him in China. He hasn't bashed China, but Daryl Morey got in trouble for talking what? about Taiwan. Uh, a few years ago and yeah. um, you know, it being separate uh, being its own sovereign nation uh, again, you know, aside from China and obviously China uh, believes Taiwan is a part of China um, and that's a whole situation, but more got in trouble. Right. And he had to apologize in the NBA because they make so much money in China. Like if you say anything about China and Taiwan, like they're going to make you apologize, right? Because it's a huge money-making business there. Um, so Mori, it is important to note that they do not like Mori in China. Yeah. So maybe that's why he felt comfortable to bringing it up there. But I know children were around, so I'm just saying. I really so, don't think I really don't think that's important, and I think you're giving James Harden way too much credit. Like he's like I'm a mastermind. I'm going to wait until I get there. So they already hate him, and now I look more evil. No, I just think that this was publicly. I mean, it's important to bring up, but I just think this was publicly the first time he was able to respond um, to what was going on in the latest reports that, that about 
what was it? It was Friday, I believe, that the report came out that he'll come to training camp and blah, 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 blah. So this was his first chance to be in front of microphones and everyone recording. So he just flat out went out and said what he said. And Grant, you're right. We haven't seen this very often, if not ever. But come on, Daryl and James Harden are BFFs. They're best friends and breakups are (laughs) difficult. And the more you care about each other, the uglier it can get. And it is what it is at this situation. This is the thing. When you're in your prime and you're doing your best work in your career, it's very difficult to be treated the way that he's getting treated now. Now he's on the downslide. And Daryl, rightfully, on, on from his perspective, he's given people chances. He's tried to do things certain ways. And now he's pulling this lever and trying this. And can anyone blame him? We just The question that Boss Man just threw out was, how many suitors are there for James Harden? And by the way, another thing, Adidas, James Harden's shoe for Adidas, very comfortable. That's very important to know. <laughs> very comfy shoe. <laughs> yeah, and the reason why I brought that up though is just like because I'm like I I felt like it's important in the sense where he probably has sympathizers there, not the kids obviously, but the people, the officials that are higher up that are working with Adidas there that probably do not like Daryl Morey as well. And I feel like he was comfortable saying it there. But you're right, he was going to say it wherever publicly, you know, was the next was the next place. But yeah, go ahead, Arash. No, well, yeah, but guys, I, I it's score strength. I love Adrian. <laughs> uh, uh, anyways, we'll talk about it. Well, we, well his shoes, <laughs> shoes are important. His shoes are important. And also- it's comfortable shoes. It's very comfortable <laughs> shoes. Um, listen, here's the problem with this, is that you cannot go back from a scorched earth comment like that. I don't see any scenario where he shows up to training camp at this point. But I here's the unique feeling that I never thought that, that I would have, is that I, I sympathize with Daryl Morey, because I don't even think he thought... It is because here's the thing. He's on a one-year deal. This is a rental situation. No one's going to be trading multiple uh, draft picks or a young talent like a Terrence Mann or something like that for a guy who's a one-year rental. And if you're the Clippers, you're like, yeah, a Russell Westbrook situation, for example. We're not trading for Russell Westbrook, but if he comes to us on the cheap at the end of the season, yes, if he comes to us on the cheap – this summer, great. But we're not trading, you know, uh, two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and Terrence Mann or whatever kind of package that they want. They will take him. They probably have a package in mind that they would do or a, you know, oh, I don't know how many teams you have to get involved here to make this deal happen because, again, I think the, Cl- the Clippers don't need him. I think Grant, you you are very tapped in. Hmm. What do what do Clipper fans feel that that you've talked to and heard from? I think that the the consensus is that this team, as constructed, is not ready to contend for a title. They can't beat Denver. They can't beat yeah. Phoenix. Now you can say that they're stacked. They have depth. They're you know if they're healthy, they'll win. I still don't think even when they're healthy, because even when they were healthy last year, they weren't this formidable power that could beat everybody. No, they had their struggles too. So I think the consensus around Clipper fans is that we need Harden to be a contending team. And, you know, they, you know, there's a lot of people out there saying, well, just trade Terrence Mann, get this over with. I am in the, I am in the group to where it's like, no, if you're using this new CBA, right? If you're going, if you're Lawrence Frank, and you're saying this new CBA, it's it's all about you know getting under that apron. 
why would you bring another big contract in, another veteran that you probably would have to pay again after this year because Kawhi, Paul George, and James Harden are all going to be free agents after this year anyways. Yeah. You want to stack up as, on as much young talent and your homegrown guys as possible. So why would you trade away your young homegrown talent for a guy that's going to be gone in a year anyways? So that's in the group that I am, but the consensus is that James Harden would get them over that hump, which I still probably don't think would happen. Ooh, who said that? There's a Ooh. lot of people. If you go around Twitter Please circles, don't they don't watch Lynn, if they don't watch basketball, if they don't watch basketball, they think that Harden Thank in the you. playoffs is What does Joey He's Lynn think? <laughs> does anyone know what Joey thinks? We got Joey Lynn is a very valid Russell Westbrook enjoyer, so I'm sure that he uh, would not like this move because it takes some some ball handling away from him. Well, so. all I'm saying is, to your point, like, okay, you get James Harden, so now you lose to the Suns in six instead of five. Maybe? Maybe? I guess. Because, I mean, uh, the, the option that James Harden has is, well, he has a couple. He can just sit out and say, hey, I'm not going to come to work. Um, but that's not usually how the NBA handles contract disputes. They show up and they make it as awkward as possible. But he can do that or he can ball out. And after that, he'll get a deal somewhere. But yeah. that hasn't been the status quo. And he hasn't balled out in scenarios to win. So it's just one of these confusing things where like, yo, bro, you got to look in the mirror. Like you set yourself up to be in this situation. But again, the shoes are very comfy, though. <laughs> that that is important, by the way. You know the comfort of the shoe. Uh, Look, here's the thing: I'm a fat yeah. guy, right? So <laughs> as a fat guy, there's shoes that I'm limited when it comes to basketball shoes. I can't wear Kobe's. I can't wear KD's because they're guard shoes. They're very slender. You know what I'm mm. saying? That doesn't work for my flat feet. So LeBron's are like the given because LeBron's a big dude. He's a forward. Yeah. That's what makes the James Harden shoe so unique. Because he's a guard, but yeah. they're comfy. They got the Adidas foam. That foam is heavenly. So <laughs> I just really wanted to break that down really quick. I haven't had Hardens. I haven't purchased them in about two years, but I, but I bought two in a row, and they were good purchases for those that care. Thank you for my time. I love that. Uh, real quick, before we uh, wrap up the first segment here with Grant Mona of the Sporting Tribute. Listen, Grant, I don't want to put... Focus on the preseason, but you saw the Rams take the field for the first time. You know, no Cooper Cup, no Matthew Stafford. Uh, we do expect both of them to be back for the first game of the season. Uh, did you see anything that gives you uh, some hope? Again, most people do not expect this to be a, a playoff team. However, if they're healthy, uh, perhaps they have a chance. But Greg, your thoughts on that first preseason game with the chart? Yeah, I think, you know, I think for me, it's, I saw a few things, right? I saw their first pick, Steve Avila. He was excellent. He was all the part of what that first pick should have been. He was explosive. He was huge. He was straight. He had a lot of strength. He was quick. And I think they should just keep him off the field for now. I think we've seen enough from him. I think he's going to be one of those core guys on that offensive line, which was a huge issue. Um, to, so to see a guy that they just drafted in his first game perform that well, um, I, I know what you're going to say about, you know, it's a preseason, whatever, but I saw a lot of good things from him. Um, another thing, Stetson Bennett, you know, there's a lot of yeah. questions about him, myself included. I didn't really think that he was going to be anything special in this league 
this guy's a proven guy. Look, I, I've, I've gone back. I've looked at film. I've looked at what he did in his first game. He's quick. He is short. He, he is quick to get the ball to receivers. He puts the ball in the right pockets. He can maneuver out of pressure. Now, he does have some things to work on. He's He held the, onto the ball a little bit too long. He got a few sacks on him. But that's something that you can learn. He's a 25-year-old rookie, and you can see it. He's got poise. He answers questions correctly. He knows the playbook already. He looks like he can just slot in. If by any case, Matthew Stafford gets hurt, which we saw last year. Um, And on the defensive end, that is what is going to concern me. The defensive, there's basically a brand new entire defense, whether that be the inside linebackers, the edge rushers, the cornerbacks. One guy that Rams fans should look for is Trey Tomlinson. That guy looked pretty good. Actually, he was one of the best guys on the defense. So there are a few spots that you can look at and say, okay, there's a bright spot here and there. But I'm going to need to see more of a sample size. Obviously, after one game, it's not going to be that great. So, damn, Brent, the sports expert over here. <laughs> hey, hey I got to cover the Rams, man. He does. He, he he knows a little bit of everything. The one sports that I found out because I I was convinced Grant was a, an expert. I said, Grant, do you want to cover soccer? He's like, that's the one sport that I'm not. <laughs> but I bet you by you the end of this year, you got me there. I, I bet you by the end of this year, oh yeah, he'll he'll know soccer as well. Uh, Grant, you're the best. We'll have you back on later this week. Uh, let's uh, leave it there for now. When we come back, we're switching things up a bit. It's our Ronnie Buckets. We'll be on in the second segment, so we'll come back with him when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. We go out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline and uh, be joined by a guest. This is not a guest. This is our co-host, Armani Buckets, coaching Coach Buckets. Coach, <laughs> you're joining us in the second segment today, and because you coach young basketball players, I do have to begin here because we, we touched on it in the first segment. James Harden was talking to a lot of uh, young uh, young basketball players in China, and uh, perhaps at some point in the conversation he got to you know t- talking about his game and his shoe and all that good stuff, but he began by calling Daryl Morey a liar. And saying he will never play for an organization Daryl Morey is a part of. Uh, we have gone scorched earth with this uh, James Harden trade saga. Your thoughts Monday? Yeah, that was wild, wasn't it? I mean, first of all, I was looking for the full context of the clip. I was like, did Harden just pick up a mic and say all that stuff like unsolicited, but apparently I guess he was promoting something. What kind of time and place was that? It was so random. And, you know, California time, you wake up at 5 a.m. and you get the notification, like what is going on? But I think, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it sounds like Daryl Morey is unfazed. So I, I don't know how you can be unfazed when somebody says that so publicly. And yeah. by the way, um, I don't know if you guys touched on this in segment one, but Chris Paul was also, I believe, saying similar things 
um, at the end of his, what was it, Rockets tenure, I believe, oh. about Daryl Morey and how he doesn't trust him and things like that. Oh, so. brother, please. <laughs> I don't trust you in the playoffs, Chris Paul. I'm sorry. Oh. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, you know. And James Harden. Common theme here with Daryl Morey that players seem to be saying these kinds of things. So I, I don't know where Philadelphia goes from here, but it, it seems like the fat suit is coming out soon. Hey, relax, <laughs> if relax. Nothing else. I'm sorry. Let <laughs> me it, let me get Brandon involved that because I want to get your two guys' thoughts on this because you guys both know the cap, you guys both know the league. I mean, what is the scenario at this point where and I don't want to call him a toxic player, but when when a player does something like this and he has a track record of basically forcing the situation times what are the potential trades again it seems like the clippers were in conversation what does the clippers package look like and if the clippers are not involved what other packages are there where else can he potentially go well i think he only could go to the clippers if they are going to trade him considering that's where he wants to go and if you trade him somewhere else then other teams (laughs) would be like he's immediate immediately unhappy on our team and wants to go yeah um but logistically i think a hardened trade makes sense i think maury this is more about like i think he'll trade him eventually i just think this is more about him just trying to put his foot down and be that guy be that gm to stand up to the players wanting out and be like look we're not having this anymore we're not having this crap like you're you you were signed an extension i know he deceivingly told him he was going to trade him and when he opted in but like he signed to the team he put that pen to the paper he didn't have to and I think Maury's like, look, you're either going to, what are you going to sit at home? All right, we'll deduct your pay. Look what Ben Simmons did. They had that whole dispute. They already did that with Ben Simmons where he didn't show up to work and they took away some of his money and they were in court. They filed lawsuits about it. They're fine doing that with Harden. But at the same time, to answer your question, logistically, the trade with the Clippers, even if they don't want to trade Terrence Mann, like I'm fine taking Powell, Boston, maybe one of their first round picks like Jordan Miller. I don't know. Like to me, like they need to get Maxi as the number two option right now. Like at this point, like you know, you're doing no good. I know that Harden pick and roll with Embiid is excellent. It's one of the top tier things in the league. Okay, congrats. That's regular season. What happens in the playoffs, right? Like, what's the skip Bayless? The you know, like he did that on air once about choker. Yeah, that's Harden and, and Chris Paul. Like I like you brought up the other choker, Chris Paul earlier. I mean, look, you got to make Maxi for his development the second option. You just have to at this point, like and you get accompanying pieces, you don't even need Terrence, man. You get Powell there. You get a uh, young player in Boston who they can develop. You have some good young players. Like, you know, Paul Reed is a good backup. They got the Anthony Melton. You don't need Harden to compete for a championship, in my opinion. I want to just push back on something when we talk about the toxic. I don't want to use that phrase anymore um, because in every workplace, there is a way to get out of a situation. Um, and, and, I, and I said that last segment. In football, how do you get out of a contract that you don't like? You don't show up to work. In basketball, how do you get out of a contract that you don't like? You show up and you become a disruption or you say the truth or or your truth or how you feel and you let the chips fall where they where, where they go. And to push back a little bit on Brandon's point about Maury putting his foot down, I just I don't think it's that big of a thing in terms of big picture just because of Harden's situation of being on a one year contract. Um, so there's a little bit of that, but it's hard in being in a one-year contract and it's hard in not being as good as he was in the past. Um, that's the biggest part of this. It's like, Hey man, if you, if, if he was as good as he thought he was and how 
if he was as good as how he's supposed to think he is, then this wouldn't be an issue because there'd be tons of suitors and there'd be plenty of deals that would make this feasible. Um, and Maury needs to look at the big picture of this. And this is not going to end up being a championship team. Therefore, you got to either think for the future or try to get something that will put you position back in the championship. And it's not like this is this is like scary times for Sixers fans, man, because mark my words and I'll say it right here. Not only is Harden leaving, but I promise you Embiid's going to Miami. And I don't mean to throw this grenade on the show. Oh, wow. but Embiid's out of there, too. But I just think that it's a little different. Um, if this was a different, if this was a superstar at his height and not on the decline and not known for not showing up in big games and some people questioning his work ethic and this and the third and Armand, I do need to ask you too: have you had Harden's on your feet? And do you think they're also comfortable shoes like I do? I have never actually worn James Harden's shoes ever since um, Derek Rose. I have not owned a pair of Adidas shoes in my life. And I, ever? I like not NMDs, no Yeezys, nothing? N- nothing, nothing. No Adidas. <laughs> yeah, Brandon. Jacks over stripes? What are we, what are we talking about? <laughs> Is this wearing Nikes or what? <laughs> Nikes primarily. I've owned Under Armour before, but primarily Nikes. Uh, so yeah, Steph Curry's? Yes. Oh my god. I, I actually <laughs> got these nice these nice basketball shoes for my Tuesday rec league. Um these they were on sale. I got them for like seventy dollars. These really nice purple Utah Jazz Donovan Mitchell shoes. Because obviously it's not <laughs> Utah anymore. So it was on sale and I don't care. They're basketball shoes. Maybe you gotta shoes. get a so deal where you get it, right? And I like I like the Giannis's too. I like the Giannis's shoes. I like Zion's shoe, which is surprisingly very stable considering uh, the guy gets hurt every year. He must not be wearing his own shoes. Um but Going back, I wanted to add, like, to the point, because Adrian, yes, I mean, it acted like I was saying they're going to win a championship. But no, they're not even close. Oh, no, with, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. I'm with, like, I, I'm just saying, like, like Celtics and Bucks are better than them regardless. But I feel like if you trade Harden, get off that contract, and you're at least make Maxi the second option, get some role players, you have a better chance, in my opinion, yeah, even though you probably don't win. But Embiid's a choker, too. We talk about chokers. Embiid is a choker, too. I mean, I guess yeah. he's hurt. He's been hurt. So, I mean, like, I guess that's like, but in big games, he just didn't show up. And, yes, could that could be injury. But just look at his playoff averages. It's like 22 points per game over his past, like, three po- postseasons when he's a 30-point-per-game scorer in the year. You know, I hate to say it. It's just like the Celtics and Bucks, And then the Heat. Like, those are the three teams. Sixers are fourth right now. They've been fourth. For the Clippers, though, have they dodged a bullet? I mean, I think a lot of people wondered if if that would be a combustible addition to the team. James Harden uh, joining a team that, again, when healthy, uh, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Russell Westbrook. And the Russell Westbrook addition really made a lot of sense, certainly at the end of the season when they lost Paul George and then they lose Kawhi and Paul George. And so, you know, he didn't join a fully curious how Russell will fit in as the third guy. We saw how that played out with the Lakers. If again, now they're fully healthy, how does James Harden fit into that mix? Again, big if, right, to, to, to say the Clippers will be fully healthy. But if they are, if they are Kawhi, Paul, George, Ru- Russell, Westbrook, and then you add James Harden to that mix. So Armani Buckets, did they dodge a bullet perhaps here? I don't know if they dodge a bullet. It's all about injuries with the Clippers and if they can stay healthy. But James Harden, the question is, with guys like James Harden, with guys like Chris Paul, with LeBron James even, can you adapt 
as you get older? Can you play more off the ball? Do you need to play the style that worked for you, for mm. example, in Houston to be successful? Because if you do, no matter where you go, it's going to be problematic. Russell Westbrook is the same way. Russell Westbrook needs the ball in his hands. And we saw that in the postseason when the other guys are not there. Westbrook can get a rhythm and he gets to the basket. He gets comfortable and he gets going. But when you have two guys that are like that in Harden and Westbrook, and then you have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, I don't know how the fit would have been regardless with the Clippers. Can Kawhi stay healthy? Can Paul George stay healthy? George, what a podcast he has, by the way. Such a great show. And every week it seems like it's gaining steam. He's talking about bully ball this season. He's on his bully-ish. If he can do all that, that's better than acquiring a James Harden. Yeah, I mean, that that that, that makes sense. I mean, because my, my biggest thing with that team is at no point during their, their time together have they been healthy. So for me to face now uh, a very key season for them, uh, with with it being a contract year uh, for Paul George for Kawhi last year, to the two billion dollar Intuit Dome. So we'll see how they uh, how they do. I mean, again, big doubts about the health there. But if 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 they can stay healthy, I still like them as one of the teams in the West. And by the way, James Harden's an excellent regular season player. Okay, so yeah. like the Clippers would win, the Clippers would win a lot of games, even if it's a bad fit, because they just he just finds a way in the regular season. He's just not good in the playoffs. I um also want to think big picture and like this. We talked about this earlier. I don't think we've ever had a player do what just happened. Like let's let's just take a second and realize like this was the player itself yeah. on a microphone in a crowd. He said it twice. I think back in the day, Scottie Pippen was being interviewed during All-Star Weekend and like was was talking about Bulls ownership not paying him, him and like yeah. him not him wanting to leave. But it was like more of a casual, like he didn't grab the microphone and cut a, a WWE promo and look at the camera and be like, get rid of me. Like, no, this is this is what James Harden did. And it's unprecedented unprecedented. And I just wonder, like you just brought up the podcast. We have more access directly from the source of who we want the access from players themselves, yeah. whether it's podcasts, them being open on social media, them doing Adidas video content for whatever sponsorships or whatever. Like we have more access than ever. And I just wonder, like, what are the side effects of that specifically? If we're going to see more of that behavior from other people, because also to play both sides of this, there was a report last week that came out about how the greatest, the biggest stars in the NBA, like how much they're getting paid and how much they are actually worth yeah. for the cities that they're in. And and they didn't even take into account the tickets that they sell when the team's on the road. Like if LeBron's in the city or Steph's in the city and like the impact these players make, whether people like for me to say this or not, they do not get paid their exact worth. Just look at the value of when a LeBron goes to a different team and the valuation of that franchise and how much they're worth. So to me, it's kind of cool to be like, yo, if you, if you're worth it, you can do whatever you want. Like this is the way the world works. And if you're that good, they will allow it. So I'm wondering if a player of James Harden, James Harden's stature that is actually at his prime and not on his decline, like how they're going to handle certain situations. Because to be honest, as messy and as ineffective as it is or, or toxic as it is, 
Like you got to do what you got to do to do the best thing that you feel is right for you. Now, James Harden's done that like 15 times in his career. And I'm not necessarily saying that, but I just wonder what the ramifications of this is. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. We always talk about it being a player's league. I think that the track record is there. We're you know, try to fight the good fight. At the end of the day, it's not worth it. And no matter what you want to call it, I, I, I've called What's it. What's not talk, worth it? The, the team doesn't feel it's worth it to drag out a situation where they know what is going gotcha. to happen. I mean, at the end of the day, if James Harden doesn't want to play in Philadelphia, he just won't show up. Uh, but what, what what happens is there's a cloud over the team's head. You got this player who's making a, a boatload. Uh, he's continuing to maybe, you know, talk on social, go on talk shows or whatnot. And it's like, you know what, bro, like just trade him, just trade him. And you can look at the track record of time in and time out, you know, transcendent players being traded the the most fascinating of this situation, and again, you, you probably they made this trade because the Clippers gave them all these picks. When Paul George got traded from Oklahoma City to the Clippers, where no one knew that was happening, uh, he wasn't on the trading block. No, like there was no talk of that. But it was essentially Kawhi saying, "Like I want to play with that guy if you, if you get Paul George." And the Clippers making a deal that o- Oklahoma City couldn't re- refuse. There was no dragged out, drawn out thing there. The issue here is James Harden has made it very tough for the Philadelphia 76ers. Brandon's point, there's only one team he could go to now. It would make zero sense if James Harden wants to go to the Clippers. No team is going to give up a package of anything being disgruntled in Philadelphia to now being disgruntled Let's just say in Charlotte. Again, he's not going to Charlotte, but what I'm saying is there's no other team that's going to trade for him at this point. So, um, you know, again, we we saw this happen with Theron Rodgers and the Jets where all of a sudden he publicly comes out and says, like, either I'm retiring or you trade me to the Jets. And listen, at the end of the day, the Packers got something of value in return. So... I don't know how this plays out, but we have talked time and time again about this being a player's league. And I'm not saying that it's a bad thing, but if you're a team that assigned a franchise player to, let's just say, you know, a five-year contract and in year two, he's like, screw this, I'm gone. That's tough. Well, wait, wait, let me me be the flip side of this really quick. Obviously, and we just brought it up, no team wants to trade for him. Blah, 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 blah. So what's the situation that James Harden is in? He was promised that he would get a max extension after taking a pay cut and is now not getting that money and is going to be traded to a team. So basically, he got he got screwed by his by his friend, his duties work with his general manager. And how can you not blame him for doing something? I'm not saying I mean, doing this is crazy. I actually like it. But I'm spicier than most. But I'm saying, like, Armand, isn't that the situation? He took a pay cut expecting a max extension. He's not getting that max extension. And now he's on an island of, like, well, what am I going to do next to even get close to what I'm getting, right or wrong? Has that been confirmed that they had promised What, what else? What, why would he say that then, though? Why would he be so upset? It's the only reason. Yeah, 
It makes sense. Um, there was also the Michael Rubin fiasco last year where people thought that Harden took the discount and he was getting paid under the table. Mm -hmm. So we don't know. True. The whole negotiations with Philadelphia has been very strange re uh, regarding James Harden. Yes, I don't blame him if that is the case. Like, hey, we'll give you the max extension in the future. And then they pulled it. But I also don't blame Philadelphia because he's not a max player. Yeah. Adrian, you said this earlier. If he had suitors, he would have been traded by now, but he just doesn't. Now, one thing that could happen is the price could get so low that suitors emerge because of the dropping of the price. Because I don't know how a GM can say, yeah, come back to our team after he publicly humiliated the whole organization. Yeah, yeah I mean, because here's the thing. Teams cannot um, just... Um, but by the rules, right? They they can't promise contracts that those kind of deals happen. Um, so if you're the Sixers, and you investigation, and you yeah, but I mean, unless there's like an email or a smoking gun situation, normally conversations like that happen happen over a glass of wine where there's no recording devices, <laughs> and uh, James Harden promises something. I mean, sorry. Daryl Morey promises something. At the end of the day, however, when he promised that, if Harden at that point was a top 10 player and now he's not, um, it's tough. Yes, the, I guess, yes, that makes you a liar, but... Uh, Hope he's got receipts because this is no, That is a great point. You listen, that's where this will get really intriguing. And we saw that. This was many years ago, Adrian. I don't know if you remember, but the Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, with 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 Joe Smith promised something, uh, whether it was a contract or or whatnot, and they got hammered. Whether you know with multiple first round picks, a big fine. So if there is an email, if there is a recorded something text where, hey James, you do this and we got you. You know we will we'll take care of you. We'll give you that max deal. Maybe there's something here. Regardless, though, I think we can all agree this is a, a, this is very unique. This is kind of uh, unprecedented territory that we are in. I, I think it's safe to say that, that James Harden will not play for, for the Sixers again. I, I don't know the scenario in which that takes place. Again, that was very clear. When he um, opted into his contract, he did not – that wasn't for him to play with the Sixers. That was for the Sixers to trade him. I don't think he foresaw – and I don't even think the team foresaw it being this hard to trade him. And also the difficulty is there's one team he wants to get traded to. And so uh, it, it, it just ruins his trade value where the Sixers are going to get pennies on the dollar. All right, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do this again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.